Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. This is the CHGO studios here in the West Loop. We are broadcasting out of Studio A. This is the CHGO White Sox podcast. It's a beat made up of uh, me, the driver, uh, the, the host, as we like to call it, the community leader, Herb Lawrence, and our mm-hmm. beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow Vinny on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's been pumping out a ton of content this spring training, and we already saw his content uh, schedule for next week, too, and we're all, we're all excited for it. So big, big stuff. Yes, make sure you become a CHGO member at allchgo.com so you can see Vinny's premium written content on our website. And the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence, you can follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. Yep. Hello. Yeah. Well, you just say hello, I, and I cut I'm you sorry. off. No, sorry. that was no. my fault. We're, we're, we're still. Let's do it again. Three, two, one. <laughs> and the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence. <laughs> hello. At, you can follow him on Twitter at Hecknerwall23. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. This is CHGO White Sox. You can follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. On today's show, we'll be talking about Yolki Cespedes. He's been tearing it up this spring training. We'll be talking about Yohan Moncada and setting expectations for his 2022 season. And then some fun. It is Friday TGIF to uh, my mom who usually watches. Uh, she loves a she loves a good Friday. She so watches TGIF, good shows. Perfect Strangers, man, wow, was See, awesome. I w- and I was going to re- reference the chain restaurant. So the, I the, thought of that too. The the generational gap <laughs> is coming through here. Very good. I'm going to be quick. honest. I don't know. If, I don't know Herb's reference at all. Oh my god. ABC back in the day, TGIF. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe. Oh, I, the only show that I remember loving from that was Muppets Tonight. Do you remember when, when they brought back the Muppets <laughs> from Muppets Tonight? Loved Muppets Tonight. Did they have like Twin like, Peaks on Friday no, night? No, Family Matters, oh. Perfect Strangers, uh, just the ten of us. Quality, quality family watching. I knew family matters, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'll give you that one. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Show, AKA. Uh, but TJF to everybody out there, uh, let's jump into our icebreaker. We're talking about Yolki Cespedes. Uh, Herb, you wanted to talk about this topic. We wanted to talk about it on Wednesday. We did not. We wanted to talk about it on Thursday. We did not. But it's still a topic of discussion. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I think in my heart of hearts that Yolki Cespedes needs a couple years, maybe a year at least, in the minor leagues to be ready for the majors. But I see how the White Sox did Andrew Vaughn last year, where he, in 19, was in single A and missed the whole year because of the pandemic in 20 and then came up last year. And I think he had a pretty good year for a rookie that did the jump that he did. I think Yoki is showing you, I know it's spring training, results are really, really, you know, hit or miss, and if you're going to count those, it's really hit or miss. But he looks good so far to me. And he's had much more minor league experience than what Andrew Vaughn had at the same time. I think even just last year, if you just count minor leagues from last year, because that's the first time Yoki, I think, was stateside for minor league ball. And if you call uh, Japanese ball minor leagues, he's had plenty more than uh, Andrew Vaughn. But he had like 70 games last year between AA and AAA. And he performed just as well as Andrew Vaughn did in his single with a single minor league season in 2019. So it's precedent that the White Sox have brought up a guy they believe in for the future earlier than we expect. And maybe, you know, the right field position is now in flux. They have Andrew Vaughn, they have Sheets, they have Engel. Maybe they're thinking this Yoki Cespedes, we're gonna be having him anyways here. He is what we think is the future of White Sox right field. 24, 25 years old, might as well go this year. That's what I'm thinking 
maybe the White Sox are thinking. This is pure speculation, of and, course. Yeah, and I want to get into that Vaughn Cespedes discussion because I think it's interesting comparing their minor league stats. But Vinny, we always hear from spring training like it's not really important about what you see in the games, but it's about who's being talked about. And was it seeming like Yoelki, especially how he started off spring training, did it feel like he was getting a lot more buzz in in the White Sox clubhouse because of how hot he started in spring training? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I, I, I think that obviously they're impressed. Obviously they're happy. They, they like what they see. I just wouldn't go as far to say that he's a guy that can change their plans around and and I for, for this year specifically and I and I think that obviously they signed him to the, the the international free agent contract they gave him because they think he can be part of their future in the in the outfield but I think part of the present that's a different story when it comes to spring training results I, you know I tend to think they're pretty meaningless but Positive ones are positive for a reason, and I think that you you look at a guy like Cespedes, who's a minor league player, he's having these moments in in spring training games, uh, surrounded by big league players. So, you know, sometimes he'll in, in for the last couple of days and moving forward might be going up against big league pitching. That's very valuable for him, and and it, it doesn't necessarily mean oh, man, he's tearing up the Cactus League, put him in right field for opening day, but it means maybe that he's going to be a step ahead of where he would have been in his minor league development had he not had this experience and not had these positive results. I think when we talked to Chris Getz right before um, minor league minicamp started, the, the comments on Cespedes were, last year he was good and he, and he got a taste of double A. And I think that kind of... For, said to me, oh, well, he's going to be going back there to, to get the whole meal kind of thing. Uh, but uh, maybe a very good spring, a spring where he shows the White Sox more than they were expecting, that, that he's made some better strides than they saw in the Arizona Fall League where he was had a, a miserable time. Maybe they say, oh, well, maybe that's the difference between starting at AA or starting at AAA or starting at AA with a plan to be there for a long time versus maybe we'll give him a few weeks at AA and then see if he can go up to AAA. So I think this is positive progress for him I don't think it all of a sudden means that he's uh, a guy that you move everybody around for on the major league roster absolutely and let's compare those numbers especially the minor league numbers uh, you say a taste of double a 29 games in double a last year for Yoki Cespedes he played a total of 74 games between double a advanced a and the fall league compared to Vaughn Vaughn played 55 games in 2019 in the minor leagues at a advanced a and at rookie ball so you know you could see that the, at least the experience level, uh, you know, Yoki even had more experience, at least because he played in double A, where, where Vaughn didn't have that. Vaughn also played in less games, but at least comparing the prospects, Vaughn was doing this at 21, and he put up an OPS of 833. Cespedes is doing this at 24, putting up an OPS of 813, and it does feel that I don't think Cespedes' game is mature enough to be ready yet. I still think he needs a full year in the minors, whether that is a taste of double-A and then getting promoted to triple-A or starting off in triple-A. And I would love to see what he does in that bandbox of a field in Charlotte. Like, I mean, he might have a crazy power speed numbers. But Vaughn is such a mature hitter, and you hear Steve Stone talk about it. The balance that he has in his, uh, his batting stance just leads to his ability to hit everything. And, and he's so composed at the plate where I don't think Cespedes has showed the level of composure that Vaughn did in uh, the, the, the small sample that we did see in uh, advanced A and, and, and lower A. So I think that the Vaughn comparison, I understand because the games are there and, yeah. and Vaughn played less games, but the, the prospects are different because Cespedes probably could be f better in the field right now, but batting-wise, he just seems so raw still yeah. in, in, in his game. And I think they want him to succeed, like kill double A, like mm -hmm. 
because we want to bring you up because we think you uh, as the future. Make sure you have a place up in the majors. When you're here, you're staying. We're not going to send you back down because you're not ready type of situation. That's what I said. Like a whole year of kicking ass down in double A or triple A is getting his confidence right, getting him the proper amount of bats to deal with adversity, like a full season. Like if you look at Cespedes' stats, there's not really a full 100 games that he's put together in any season. It's like, okay, let's see what you have done in a full type of major league schedule and be ready for the rigors of everyday baseball. Well, and that's what we saw with Vaughn, too. Vaughn never played over 100 games. He gets thrown into last year, and then we see his back give out on August 9th, and he doesn't have an extra base hit uh, after August 19th. So it, it did just seem that, you know, that could be a huge worry for some of the guys that they might rush up to the MLB, that they might not be able to take on that full 100 games. Yeah, and so I think what you're talking about Steve Stone, too, and there's no one really shy about saying that Andrew Vaughn is a hitter, like a real good hitter. He's going to be one of the league's elite hitters. Like, they say that immediately when he got drafted the third overall, I believe, out of Cal. Was the Golden Spikes Award winner. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, he's a unicorn in that regard. I was just using those numbers as comparison because maybe the White Sox think Yoki might be that. But, you know, he probably needs a little bit more. I think they consider Japanese league more of like a double-A type of league, if not single-A, where he played at for a couple of years. Um, I think he, no, I'm thinking Cola. Sorry, yeah, I'm confusing Oscar. him and Cola. Sorry. And I'm pretty sure um, they, that's like AAA, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. Double A, AAA. Con- confusing those two. But he's played a lot of baseball. His, he's got the pedigree. Of course, his brother was pretty good, half-brother in uh, uh, Jonas Cespedes. He looks just like him, too. Golly. Like his, just uh, the a little finish. smaller. Yeah, the finish, the <laughs> body build. I just, maybe that might be a reason why they're not going hog wild over, over Michael Conforto. They're like, we got something special here, too. So just be patient. We're going to hold our, hold our water and make sure that we're not messing up and blocking a, a superstar that we could have next year maybe or two years from now down the line by signing a Michael uh, Conforto. Yeah, the idea of blocking a superstar, Vinny, though, makes no sense to me because you're trying to win a World Series. Yeah, I don't, so, I like, don't think that's what's so, happening. So right yeah. now, I don't, I don't think he could be a superstar this year. So that, that's really a, a well, mute not point this year, for me. Yeah, no, for sure. But, like, right. you know, the worry of blocking him – it really doesn't concern me this year. The 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 Yoelki Cespedes conversation and the going out and getting a different right fielder mm-hmm. conversation are separate conversations yes. in my mind. I mean, yeah, Cespedes is just not far that far along yet. Uh, and and in that same vein of they're trying to win this year, that's why you're not going to see them throw a guy that that is that they don't know if he's going to be the guy out there in right field. I mean, they've got guys in Vaughn and Sheets where at least in the bats, they're confident in what they can do against major league pitching over mm-hmm. the course of a full season. I don't know if they have the answers to that with Cespedes until they see more of him in the minor leagues. So um, the, the White Sox have never been a team, as we've seen over the last few years since they started this rebuilding project, um, you know, obviously before that, might maybe a bit of a different story. But, you know, since since the start of the rebuild, they have not rushed guys at all through the minor league system. Two fans, frustrate, great frustration in, in, in numerous cases. Uh, but, yeah, when you look at somebody like Vaughn, I think everybody can agree after the fact that he was not rushed because he was ready to take that step. And I think that, you know... The, the 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 thing that Rick Hahn always said that you kind of said in a different wor- different words is not not just survive but thrive at the major league level. That's what they are looking for their young players to come up and do. And I don't think you're going to see them jump the gun on anybody at least currently this this year or, or in the near future for that reason. And looking at the profile of what Tony Larusa and what changed under Tony Larusa, one of the things was patience at the plate, drawing more walks, 
trying to cut down on strikeouts. And you look at Vaughn in those 55 games, he had, in the minor leagues, 30 walks and 38 strikeouts. So a really nice balance there. Where you look at Cespedes in his 74 games, 16 walks, 83 strikeouts. (laughs) Uh, And you look right now, 83. And you look in uh, spring training right now, 14 at-bats for Yoki, five strikeouts. And yes, he's hitting 357. Uh, He also has an on-base percentage of 357 because he's not getting on base outside of hits. uh, And has a slugging of 857. Uh, But with five strikeouts and 14 at-bats, where Andrew Vaughn in 11 at-bats hasn't struck out once and is hitting 455, 500, 727. So just fitting the profile of what this Sox team looks like, Cespedes just isn't there yet. And someone asked, can you still consider him a prospect? I think you can because that development still needs to happen. Uh, He is such a... I mean, he was probably the best player and has been the best player in every league that he's been in. And now coming over uh, seas and being in the minor leagues and being in such a deep uh, uh, farm system where, you know, there's 30 teams with, you know, Aoki Cespedes. Uh, now it's pretty even, and, and he's still trying to make those adjustments. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what his his profile ends up being, but if he's going to be this ultra-aggressive player, he might not fit into the White Sox MO. Uh, you know, it, it, it might change, too, with Tony time as manager yeah I think that's more of a probably an individual player by player thing you know what I mean the who didn't the White Sox have before 2020 they didn't have Yasmati Grandal you know what I mean who didn't they have before last year they didn't have Andrew Vaughn Yohan Moncada has shown a pretty good on base ability and his career with the White Sox is relatively young compared to you know how long most people have been watching the team so Tim doesn't walk it but also doesn't strike out exactly and so I mean like nobody's getting rid of Tim Anderson because he doesn't walk right I mean Mm -hmm. so I think it's an individual player thing obviously the White Sox would like to see more of that kind of thing and that's why they went out and got Yasmani Grandal and why they drafted Andrew Vaughn uh so you know I I think I don't think that that aspect of Yoelki's game if that continues to be the case moving forward would prevent him from reaching the major leagues or reaching the White Sox but it's just something that maybe if he stays in the minor leagues for another year or a year plus gets ironed out and it becomes an entirely different story absolutely and uh, you know it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they are aggressive with Cespedes and Colas something we'll watch over the year but it doesn't seem like it's going to be too pertinent to the 2022 Sox but still we're covering the White Sox on a daily basis so Cespedes is going to be a storyline especially if he starts showing out in double a or triple a it feels though that he will start the year in double a down in Birmingham let's move to our next topic we'll talk about Yohan Moncada and I want to go to you Vinny uh, before we, I mean, we have some quotes to, to talk about Mankata. A lot of people on White Sox Twitter are down on Mankata after his 2019 OPS of 915, and he hasn't reached that same level of production. Over the past two years, what have you seen out of Mankata? Has he changed since that 2019 year? Uh, and now being at third base, has he come into his own? Like, how would you describe 2022 Yohan Mankata after you know the three years that we've seen him at third base? Yeah, it'll be interesting. 2020, you got to throw out the window. I mean, there was perhaps nobody, you know, we we heard Freddie Freeman, who ended up winning the MVP in 2020, talk about his, you know, just kind of horrifying, to be honest, experience with with COVID. And Yon Moncada, we didn't really hear those grim details that much, but we saw the after effects on a daily basis. And I mean, I think everybody can remember that night in Cleveland when he scored from first base and he motored around and he did the job that he was asked to do. And then he's sitting in the dugout and Rick Renneria is Towel, fanning him with a towel because, you know, he could barely, you know, it's, it looked like he could barely breathe in the dugout there. Right. And I'm sure, you know, that's hyperbole, but I'm sure that, that it, there's 
part of it that where that was the case. Like Just exhaustion. And he said that he dealt with that on a daily basis throughout that season. So throw 2020 just right out the window when it comes to evaluating Yohan Moncada. Um, 2021, we saw a much better player, obviously, from a results standpoint. I think we saw a Yohan Moncada who was still not at 100%, very much not at 100%. Now, not perhaps because of the same reasons that he was not at 100% in 2020, but, you know, just regular baseball stuff and dealing with the, being banged up all year. But when you're banged up all year and you've got two of your best players on the injured list for months at a time, you have a feeling you're like, you got to go to the post every day. And I think Yohan Moncada showed a lot, not just in 2020 when he played through things that were, you know, sapping his energy on a, you know, inning by inning basis. But last year too where uh, you know, he's he's got a he's got issues all over his body that are, you know, not enough nothing as he described them in spring, nothing crazy, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Nothing that would have knocked him out for the same amount of time that Aloy and Luis Robert were out for, but enough that it affected his play a little bit. And so that's something to keep in mind. I think this guy is is sh has shown that he can hit and that he can get on base. And those are t and and that's apart from him playing spectacular defense at third base. But when it comes to the numbers that you're seeing on on the score sheet, people are upset because they didn't see the number of home runs or RBIs that they saw in 2019. I think Yohan Moncada has wa wants to get back to those numbers. I think he's capable of getting back to those numbers. We got to see what he does. The good thing for him is in 2019, everybody went, "Oh God, this guy could be an MVP. This guy could carry this team." Well, he doesn't need to carry this team. Right. He's got an MVP next to him in Jose Abreu. Aloy and Luis Robert at full health should be, you know, two of the three or four best hitters in that lineup. You throw Yasmani Grandal in there and Tim Anderson, who are excellent. Yohan Moncada doesn't need to be an MVP, in my opinion, and I think that that's great. Is he capable of doing it? Yeah, but let's see what those numbers look like. I think he is his the best thing you can ask for for Yohan Moncada if you're the White Sox is to be a regularly contributing member of that offense. Obviously, guys go through slumps, and we saw it with him last year. You know, guys go through stretches in the year that aren't great. Guys go through stretches in the year where they're real hot, and we saw him with a huge hitting streak mm -hmm. last year. But the thing that he needs to do is be as effective a member of that lineup as he can possibly be and, and, and somebody who's contributing on a regular basis because just doing that, not necessarily putting up MVP numbers, but just being a, a guy that can be counted on to, to deliver a big hit or to get on base uh, you know, ahead of somebody else – makes a championship-caliber team. Well, and I was wondering, too, like, did he ever speak about, hey, Luis Roberts out, Aloy's out. I might not be 100%. This would be an IL stint for me regularly, but I got to keep the offense afloat. Herb, what a setup. We've got, Stephen, we've got the uh, quote there. for This is from last June. Uh, he told us this in Houston during that wonderful four-day stretch in Houston. But, yeah, here's Yohan Moncada. He was being bothered by, you know, some, some issues, physical issues. But he said, the team needs me. My teammates need me. We're a team. Even though I'm not feeling good, the easy response would be, I don't want to play. But, no, I want to play. I want to help this team. I want to help my teammates to win games. And that's why I have to find a way to get through this. I have to keep grinding and doing the best I can to help this team no matter what, if I'm feeling 100% or not. But I know that even though I'm not 100%, I can still help this team do better and to win games. And listen, I think, you know, a guy who a lot of fans have commented on, like, the body language, you know, on some of the way that he quote-unquote acts on the field or they perceive him acting on the field, I think a quote like that 
should kind of put that stuff to bed. And uh, obviously that was through team interpreter Billy Russo, so we'll give the, the credit there. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the kind of thing I think if you're a fan, you want to hear. It's probably unfortunate that he had to say it because of the physical condition that he was in last year. Um, but to have somebody that's willing to do that, I think that's what you want to hear. Well, and Herb, still, like 144 games last year played for Yohan Mankato. Hear the, the quote right there. That's second in the team. He was still a valuable piece because he was out there. Uh, like, I wouldn't want to see Danny Mendick playing third ba- base. I wouldn't want to see Leary Garcia playing third base because Yohan needs to be out. And the fact that, you know, he did have that 19-game hitting streak, a 28-game hitting streak, or 28-game uh, base on, on base streak, uh, he was so valuable day in, day out, providing consistent defense. And while the bat and power weren't there, you're getting 144 games from a top third baseman in the league. Top it, it, five, right? I, I don't think he's top five. Top Just, five in the American League? F4? I think I, I probably with his by defense F4. alone, I think he, look it up. he is a guy that can carry you at third base. Like, I think White Sox fans are f- mad that the progression hasn't happened. Like, okay, 2019, MVP, Moncada, man. I can't wait till 2020. Okay, we give him the excuse of he had COVID, and that's 100%. I would give him an excuse for 2020 and 2021. We don't know about this. We don't know about this disease, and it hits people different. Freddie Freeman went through some hell and then came on the other side. Great. Same thing, and maybe Michael Conforto we talked about did not have a good year last year, partly because of COVID, partly because of other injuries. These things we don't know yet. And so, yes, the progression of power hasn't happened yet. But that's the only thing I have gripes with Yohan Mankata. The hitter is there. Well, and the crazy thing too, and, and sorry, to, uh, like you look at the top ten war uh, Fangraphs war leader for third base, and you brought it up that he's you know top ten, and I even push back on that. He has out of the top ten, he has the second or the lowest amount of uh, games played with 144 in the top ten. He's third in WAR, uh, so he'd be the third best AL third baseman in WAR and third best just by WAR based on 2020 alone, in a season where he wasn't 100%. 2021. 2021, yes. In 2021, uh, a season where he wasn't 100%, still third in in MLB in in F4. It's just like they're holding him, the people who are mad with Yoan Mankata are holding him to a ridiculous standard. Yes, we want him to be the guy, the outsized version of himself right now. But can we just get the 60% percentile Yoan Mankata? That's still a top five third baseman right we, I just don't understand the gripes it's gripes just to be griping Yon Mankata is fine if he turns the power bat on he'll be elite that's all we're, we're griping about on Sox Twitter and I just don't understand why people are just so on his ass about it like let the kid be a kid he's on what 26 27 right and I, I got a point still on young. that it seems like you got, you got yeah I was just gonna say too like I think there are so many things that that are that are talked about for a reason we don't know what Josh Harrison's production is going to be at second base. What what is that? What does that mean for the White Sox? And does it mean that they can have a lineup that doesn't have a hole in it? You know, depending on what he does, who's going to play right field? Who's going to be the everyday DH? How is that rotation going to work out? We don't know. And so that's. Do you know that Yohan Moncada is capable of having that power? Do you know that he's capable of of getting on base really well? Is do you know that he's capable of being a good hitter? Yeah, yes. you do. And so I think that. It, it it might not play out the way that you know the way that you think that's that's baseball yes. but we'll, but we'll see I, I think there's no big question mark over his capability I think and I think that's an I think that's an important thing I would also say this if Yoan Moncada 
is the sixth best hitter on the White Sox. <laughs> are they still capable of winning the World Series? Yes. Yes. I mean, and, they're winning the World Series. He's the sixth best hitter on the White Sox. I mean, he might be the sixth Amazing. best hitter on the White Sox today, right? That's awesome. Should we have a draft? God, that's awesome. Abreu, I mean, Anderson, Grandal, Jimenez, Robert. I would take that's five. I would take Mancato over Jimenez just because he has a Jeez. larger sample. Because you could even look back. Well, what a good problem to have, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, where would Michael Conforto fit? God. Is my first question. Uh, Seven. But like you mentioned, you mentioned too about like the hey, even Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, but you mentioned like the narratives around him and people talking about his body language. And there's even a quote here, Stephen, uh, from Justin up here. You can't be looking uh, for ball four in three one counts. Yohan Mankata in three one counts last year had an OPS over twelve hundred. That's that. That's that, you. That guy is an effective player. That that com that comment is 2018. Yes. Yes. That, and that's a long time ago. That's a very different Yoan Moncada. Because listen, I watched every strikeout that he had, and there were quite a bit of them in 2018. And you know, you could tell that come 2019, he had put that behind him completely because he took he went he went to the Tim Anderson well, school of being aggressive, and it paid off big time. And to follow up on that, he's 27. What's his ceiling at his age? You look at the guy that he was compared to as a number one prospect, it was Robinson Cano. Obviously, he's had a position change at, at that point, but you look at Cano, they have a very similar career path. Cano started at 22, Mankata started at 22, and through Cano's first six years, he was 307, 39, 480, and wasn't this monster second baseman as he was. Mankata, 261, 346, 439, like he hasn't been there yet, but the fact that he's gone through a COVID season, an injury-battled season, now making it to 27, if he's healthy, he's gone through so much of his major league career that he can now put it all together. Like, I think that now you always talk about guys entering their prime at 27. Like, this might be the perfect culmination of health and experience coming together for Mankata. And I'll say this too. No, nobody thinks that this is the best that he can be. No. You know what I mean? No, nobody's saying, nobody's out there saying, like, you should be happy with this Yoan Moncada because... The White Sox believe he can be so much better. Jose Abreu, his his locker his locker buddy, his his mentor, said at spring training he can have he is going he can be way better than he was last year, and that's the year when he was an effective, successful player. So yeah, there are there are definitely things to nitpick, and definitely if people want to say I'm reserving entire judgment until he does it on a regular basis, that's fine. That's the way you can that's the way you can look at things. But in terms of is he capable of better and do is, should you expect more from him? Absolutely, because he expects more from himself. I just think the same. Like he is going to have what people are going to call a breakout season, but it's coming. It's 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 the prophecies already written. The man plays like with. We're talking over there. If we have health between him, Eloy, and Luis Robert, there's no question the numbers are going to put up. No question at all. Health is the utmost thing that they need to have. Once they are healthy and play 162 games or a little less than that, there's no doubt you're going to see the best of Yohan Moncada to come. If that's the prophecy, you should bet on it. And the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use that code CHGO <laughs> when you sign up. Hey, it's if it's written in stone, uh, if you had the sports almanac, you know, why not use it? Uh, if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you want to check out Vinny's premium written web content, this is the deal for you. Use code CHGO when you sign up. 
up. And again, you will get $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. If you're watching college basketball tonight, you can take advantage of their new feature, live college basketball same-game parlays. And my favorite feature of the PointsBet app is their ability to boost your odds. They want to help you win more money. If you like your odds at plus 134, you can boost them up to 175. You can increase the money that you're going to make. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone, and plus, during PointsBet's Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I like what you did there. Wow. didn't even. That was a manual speed up right there. <laughs> How many times do you have to practice that? I, I just, right now. Uh, wow. I just, I, I've gotten more comfortable with the number. So now that I've gotten the number down... Gambling problem is easy to say fast. Gotcha. Now I just got to make sure I don't screw up the number. Uh, and now I have to also tell you about CHGO. We're broadcasting live from the CHGO studios here in the West Loop. You'll get your podcast, live shows, and post-game shows all for free from CHGO. But if you want to become a member, you want to join our community, go to allchgo.com. If you become a member, you'll be able to gain access to our member-only Discord. We call it the CHGO Lounge. You can hang out with all of us CHGO personalities in there and all of our members. Chat about the White Sox, the Cubs, the Reds stars the sky the bulls the bears it's a fun time and if you become a member you get a free shirt when you sign up it's dope merch for all teams as luke stuckmeyer says and if you become a member you get that easy access uh, to the premium written content uh, from members like Vinny duber or ryan herrera on the cubs beat or will gottlieb on the bulls beat you get full access to all of our written content so what are you waiting for go sign up to be a member at allchgo.com all right boys it's a friday Mm-hmm. We've gone through four shows now. Yep, it's time to take it a little bit easier. We're gonna try to have some fun now. We're gonna do some White Sox trivia. I try not to make these too hard, but the idea is if you get one right, mm-hmm. you get a point. First one to five wins. Winner gets to go to the final boss. You don't win anything if you get it right. You don't win anything if you get six points in the final boss. We're just trying to have fun. But we have four different categories. We're gonna. Reveal the categories now, but uh, why don't you pick a number one through ten, Herb? Seven. That's exactly what I was thinking. So mm-hmm. you're going to go first. This is already rigged. If you want, <laughs> if you want to pick a category, we have White Sox killers, remember some guys, retired numbers, or history. As in, say that in Hawk, uh, saying it. history, history. Burley, uh, uh, perfect game. Um, let's go with the White Sox killers. Okay, uh, great Vinny, song, great group. You get to pick the uh, the team. Uh, Cleveland, Minnesota, Detroit, or Kansas City? I get to pick the team? Yeah, for Herb. For Herb? Yeah. Ooh, for Herb. I will go with Detroit. Okay. Hi. Hi. This Detroit Tiger in 122 career games against the White Sox had an OPS over 870. His career OPS was 752. 20 of his 93 career home runs came against the White Sox. Who am I? I mean, we talked about this the other day, so it's easy. And there's only one White Sox killer, Ryan Rayburn. Hey, Steven, do you have the ding? Hey, ding. Herb's got a point. All right, let's stay. I mean, Ryan Rayburn could come up a couple times in this one. He, uh, he, he won't. He was a, uh, I'll he was promise a, you he won't. He was an Indian, I believe. <laughs> yeah, well, we only counted his Detroit numbers okay. uh, for this one. All right, Herb, pick a, a White Sox killer for Vinny. Uh, you can either pick Cleveland, I'm, Minnesota, or Kansas City. I'm going to go with the Royals. All right, Royals. Hi. Hey. I led the Royals in all-time home runs versus the White Sox with 29 
From 1995 to 2007, I had over 55 extra base hits versus the Southsiders, finishing with a career OPS versus Sox over 930. Who am I, Vinny? I think I've got to go with Mike Sweeney. Ding. Yeah. One to one. All Good right. job. This is see, I didn't make it too easy. All right. I didn't make it too hard. You know, yeah, exactly. it's, it's not too bad. Kevin's watching. Now he's <laughs> get to do some trivia, so that's exciting. <laughs> Let's finish out White Sox killers here. Uh Vinny, since you didn't get to go first, do you want to do you want the Cleveland team or do you want the Minnesota team? I get to pick Cleveland or Minnesota. Give me Minnesota. Okay, Herb, we're gonna start with you. Cleveland, the Guardians. Hi. Hello. Over my eight years in Cleveland, I've terrorized the White Sox. In 124 games, I've had an OPS over 900. Facing them has helped me finish in the top 10 of MVP voting in the AL four times in my career. Who am I? Jose Ramirez. Ding. I didn't make these hard enough. Boy, I blew that one. I would have gotten that one. <laughs> Two to one. Herb leads. Minnesota. Still think about the walk-off home run. <laughs> Which one? Was there only was there more than one? Uh, it was in Cleveland, of course. I the forgot. 2020, he, right? Who, yeah, yeah, who we hit it off of. It was uh, the White Sox were winning that game. And then Ruiz? The, hit it off of Ruiz? It, it seems, seems like Ruiz. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like Ruiz. in 2021, yeah. too, there was like a seventh inning God, or an eighth that inning that he came up, hit a double, and he tied feasts. the game up. He, I mean, he feasts he against feasts. everybody. He's really good. He is really good. That's why he, he, <laughs> he, he finished in the top ten uh, four different times just because he's also really good against right. every other White right. Sox team. Uh, but, but specifically, very good against the White Sox. All right, Vinny. Minnesota Twins. Hi. In 83 career games, 83, as a twin, I had 21 games with a home run against the White Sox from 2004 to 2014. My 895 OPS against the Sox is 100 points higher than my career OPS. Who am I? Oh, boy. I feel like Herb knows this one. I think I he do. does. I See, I, I do. told you I blew this one. Uh, Lou Ford? No, not Lou Ford. I, don't, I honestly don't know who that is. And sh- shout out to Tanny, Chris Tannehill, who used to just put up a blank sheet of paper, and it's like, this is the White Sox scoring report against Jason Kubel. Yes, Jason, <laughs> Jason Kubel. Oh, Jason man. Kubel destroyed the Chicago <laughs> White Sox. And Herb takes the 3-1 lead. Uh, first, now that Herb is up, I would probably bet on Herb to win this. And if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO is when you sign there? up. Not only no, it's not on there. There's no bets on there. Okay. We could we could probably name this a bet one? like Herb to beat Vinny, uh, but I have rules to get Vinny and back. Probably not getting. You're, you're probably not getting very good odds on that. Literally one. only White Sox trivia. Yes, That's it. only White Sox trivia. Everything else, I'm out. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now as... Kevin, break something. And register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And by the way, this is not Coors Light. It's just water. Oh, good. Not a commentary on Coors Light either. (laughs) I was about to to make that joke. (laughs) Vinny, you get the choice of the the next next category. Yes. Do you want remember some guys, retired numbers, or... History. I definitely want to remember some guys. Okay. All right. Remember some guys. Uh, uh, Herb, choose a number one through four. Going with three. Okay. Hi, Vinny. I was the pitcher who was on the mound when two of my infielders mishandled the potential last out of a game in 2013. This error led to an announcer exclaiming, and we found another way. Who am I? And we have found yet another way. Uh, <laughs> Addison Reed. Dang. Name. Three, two. I made these way too easy. I have got that one. You wouldn't have got that one? No, I forgot. I, oh, that's an all-timer from Hawk. Was it? I remember the was, play. Um, Matt, yeah, Mets, Mets, White Sox, was bottom it, of the ninth was inning. It 
Daniel Gordon Murphy Beckham? out. Yeah, Gordon Beckham and uh, Connor Gillespie. Gillespie oh, yeah. God, crazy so. thing. Justin Lee in the chat actually said just uh, Addison Reed before that question was even asked. Nice. Prescient. Good job, Justin. That's, a, <laughs> that's good futuristic uh, uh, nature right there. It's a, what's it called? Seen into the future. ESP? Is that ESP? Being mm, able to see I in the future? So, yeah. Whatever. All right, uh, Vinny, pick a number. Miss Cleo. One, two, or four? Call me now. Uh, two. All right. Herb. Yeah. Hi. Hey. In my 205, in my over 205, in my... I wrote this the wrong way. I apologize. (laughs) In over 250 career games with the White Sox, I played eight different positions over a four-year span from 2009 to 2012. In 2011, I hit a surprising 13 of my 19 career home runs in one season. Who am I? Jesus. Um, God, I should know this. What years are we again? Sorry. Yep, I'll I'll reread it. Okay. In over my 250 career games with the White Sox, I played eight different positions over a four-year span from 2009 to 2012. In 2011, I hit a surprising 13 home runs in a season, 19 I had in my career. Who am I? So 13 of his 19 home runs came in 2011. Oh, son of a bitch. I don't know. I'm just going to guess, and I know it's wrong. People are going to get on me. Damn it. Uh, Alejandro Diazza. Okay. No. I've got to guess. Well, can we, get, can we tell Herbie's wrong first? I mean, you can always tell me that. Or be wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's no drop. There's, there's no Steven. There's no, like, bummer yeah. sound? All right. He wasn't expecting that. I'm sorry, Or the Steven. steal, Vinny Duber. <laughs> there. Hey, there you go. Hold on. You might have to bust it out again. Thriller Bridge? Thriller Bridge. Ding. Oh. Oh. Tie game. 3-3. Three, yes. three. I forgot Here about the crusher. Oh, no. right. Thriller Bridge. Crusher. God, All right. Brett and Thriller Bridge. Oh, I loved him. Herb, do you oh, want... 250 games. Wow. All do, right. Do you want one or four? Give me one. Okay. Vinny, you're up first. All right. Hi. Hey. I'm the tallest person. Uh, I'm the tallest pitcher in White Sox history. My career low light came on May second, two thousand two, when I pitched one third of an inning, allowing two first home run, uh, two first inning home runs to Mike Cameron and Brett Boone. Who am I? John Roush. Ding. Four to three. Boom. John oh, Roush. I was at that game. <laughs> you were? Yeah. Uh, Mike Cameron had four home runs. That Mike game. Cameron was a stud. And uh, yeah, Brett Boone and Mike Cameron had back to back. Home runs in the first two innings, I yes. believe. Yeah, yeah. Mike Cameron, who's who's the four, most recent person to do that? Wait, four, four home, home runs yeah. in a game? Ooh, J.D. Martinez, I think, in 2017. Oh, okay. Or 2018. He was a, a Diamondback against the Dodgers, but I could be wrong. Gotcha. I think Jim Parquet came in and relieved him and uh, gave up more <laughs> home runs. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> he wasn't on steroids. So I'll, I'll look up four allegedly. home run games and, and, and get get the right number for you. But I think it's J.D. Uh, JD Martinez. All right. Uh, I want to so say Scooter Jeanette might have. Is that Scooter right? did? What? But I think oh that and that was at it was at a what's it oh called uh, the Great American Ballpark. Yeah, um, but that, that was count? that was June 6, twenty seventeen. JD did it September fourth, twenty seventeen. Wow. Okay. There so the the last ones since twenty ten. Scooter Jeanette, J.D. Martinez, and Josh Hamilton. One of those names is not like ah, the other. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Mike Cameron and Carlos Delgado are the the ones in recent venture in uh, AL. Uh, history. All right. uh, so let's go to Herb's question now. Correct. Four three. Vinny has the lead. Again, first one to five wins. I haven't figured out what happens if you guys get to five uh, <laughs> in the same amount. Yeah, yeah, the same amount of both uh, questions. <laughs> Hi, Herb. Hello. In two thousand, I was selected twelfth overall in the MLB draft by the Chicago White Sox. I made my debut debut with the team in September second, two thousand two. My career ca- highlight came on August thirtieth, two thousand four, when I hit a five hundred and four foot home run onto the right field concourse. Who am I? You are Joseph Borchard. Ding. Also, my favorite part about doing the research for this, they list Joe Borchard as a righty. He's a lefty. 
He pulled the ball 504 feet onto the right field concourse, and I have no idea why baseball reference lists him as a, as a righty thrower and hitter. And by the way, I think that the longest home run was hit by Eric Chavez off of Gary Glover earlier that year or the year before. This, they don't want to have it to a, a opposing player because he hit it in the same exact spot that uh, Joe Borchard hit it. There's a yeah. There's a one thing from the Seattle Times. AL notes: Chavez rockets creates buzz at Comiskey. I'll have, Mercy. To, I'll have to try to figure that Just one. Just absolutely. He didn't look. We, we have a we have a comment that says Borchard was a switch hitter. Was he? Is that possible? What's, that that, that he, might. He was a terrible sense. hitter. I don't um, know about switch hitting. Oh, I just read it wrong. Yeah, it says bats both. So that's I'm just, I'm just bad at reading. So thank you uh, to Connor Smith. You're uh, so for, lucky for that you didn't get the Joe Borchard years. Me? Yeah, you. I would have liked to watch Joe Borchard oh, play. No, you wouldn't have. <laughs> No, you wouldn't have. He was a better football player. This is from the Seattle Times. He didn't look. Eric Chavez knew it was a home run, so he reacted as he normally does, trotting around the bases, but everyone else gasped. i got to try to find that uh, that, that one. Art House said, I can't see that far anymore. Um, (laughs) Let's continue White Sox trivia. We're tied 4-4. to All right, Herb, you get to pick the category here. Do you want history or do you want retired numbers? Retired numbers because it's easy. All right. Because they're all on the wall. (laughs) Well, you're going to have to guess the number... And the player. I mean, so that's coming that's at just, you with some some first half of the night I mean, of the twentieth century. You're guys not going right to go now. to like guys who are okay, never mind. No, no, no. I'm not going to say pick, your name. Pick a number one through three. Three. All right. Hi. Hello. Steve Carlton has the most pickoffs in MLB history with 146. He's also the career leader in box with 90. This White Sox pitcher is second in MLB history with 100 pickoffs, but only had 16 box in his career. Who am I? Mark Burley. What's his number? 56. Congratulations. That one was easy. All right. Uh, five to four. Uh, Vinny, if you don't get this one, I think Herb wins. It's all over. Uh, we might just finish the round, too, because yeah. we have enough we have, we have enough time to, to get in all these questions. So uh, do you want one or two, Vinny? One. All right. Hi. Totaling 77 war over a 20-year career, I'm currently the White Sox career leader in games played. Who am I and what is my number? The White Sox career leader in games played. 20 years. I'm to all 20 years on the south side, you're not going to specify, are you? No, all, all um, years on the south side. Okay. I will say. Mm, boy. Take your time. Yeah. No rush. <laughs> well, eventually, though. <they'll, laughs> eventually, they'll have to be a rush. Well, we don't have a timer. There's no do, 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 White do, Sox, do. So, White Sox all-time leader in games played. Yes. That's for for a, a position player, and which boy, I, I don't right? think a pitcher would. I would play. have. Well, no, he didn't. He played all 20 years with the Chicago White Sox. Okay. Then it's not that person. Yeah, it's not him. <laughs> um, Were you thinking Harold? I was thinking Minnie. Mm. But I will say that the answer is, I don't know, Luke Appling. What's is that his, right? What's his number? What's the retired number for Luke Appling? He wore a couple. Boy, Luke Appling's retired number, huh? I'm I didn't sorry. think I was going to have to know this today when I walked in. Uh, it's a single digit. Yep. I'll give, so you, I'll, give you so I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Yeah. One of his numbers was worn by Juan Uribe, and one of his numbers was worn by Bo Jackson. So the other one he wore is the retired number. So you're giving like you're taking away five and eight. Jerk. Okay. All right. What it's, jerk. It's my bad. He still doesn't <laughs> know it. No. Incorrect. I don't know what, what to it? do. Four. And Luke Appling was the correct answer. Yes, Luke Appling was the correct answer. I, was, I feel bad. I was he's, go he's, with he's pre pre war. Yeah. <laughs> 
No Man. one knows. They Man. barely wore numbers back then. That's I got Luke Appling. Yeah. yeah. That, that's How your... many people watching this All even right. know who Luke All Appling right. is? I was going to go with Nelson Fox. I was going to Nelly Fox. Nelly Fox. And two. I got the number. So right. would you give it to would you give it to your I, opponent? I, I give it to him. Give right. me a half. Give me a half. Yeah, we're tight. No, no, because we're going all the way, right? On these yeah. questions. Yeah, but yeah. he also had Mark Burley. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. Yeah, exactly. And the other guy isn't like Luke Appling. He's another easy number to get. Uh, Herb, do you want to finish out retired numbers, or do you want to try history? I right, let's finish it out. All right, going five five right now. Going into the final question in retired so numbers. I'm going to take it. Hi. Hey. While I have not totaled the most amount of games played at my position for the Sox, I am the only player of my position with my number retired by the Sox. I'm also the only player who has a number retired by the Sox and have a retired number in a different city. Who am I? Shit, no, this. Uh, this should be really easy. Um, I'm going to go with, so it's only position the White Sox retired. So that takes out... Both Harold and Frank. And Paulie. And Paul. Uh, 35, 30, Oh, it's easy. Jesus Christ. It was right there. It's Pudge Fisk. It's 72. Pudge Fisk. Correct. 72. Uh, having his number retired by the Red Sox and so the bad. White Sox. Ray Schalk, the take- all-time career leader for career games played as a catcher. Hall of Famer, but not retired. Uh, Jersey not retired. Because they weren't wearing numbers, apparently. Is that was, why? No, that's what Herb said. Oh. No, no, Her- no, no, Herb no, said no, they I'm weren't joking. wearing numbers. Uh, Luke Appling wasn't wearing numbers. <laughs> I was joking. Um, oh, I know. I, it was But funny. I think Ray Schalk <laughs> wasn't he part of the 1919 yeah. team, so... Yeah, uh, that, that, oh, that's yeah, that team's maligned. Gotcha. Six five going into the final category, Vinny. Yeah, you're up. You this is one? history, right? This is history. So this history. is White Sox yes. history. This is <laughs> setting either a team record or an MLP record. Okay. So right. do you want one, two, or three? Three. All right. This one has one answer. It's not a player. Okay. But two players did this. Hi, these two Sox teammates. Paul Konerko and Jermaine Dye in 2009 hit back-to-back milestone home runs in Comerica Park off Tiger pitcher Zach Miner. It's the first time teammates in century miles uh, hit century milestone home runs. What number is that milestone? That makes sense. Did I read that? Yes. Okay. yes. It's one of two. Mm-hmm. It's either 300 or 400. That's correct. Do, 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 do. I'll say hello do, to Alex Rudo. No. Do. Hey, Alex. Um, hey, Little Yump. Hey, Connor. Hey, Carrie. Fred. I'll say. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Fred. Yeah, Fred. Brandon. Brandon's usually in here. Four. And. That's the first. That's the second wrong answer we've gotten in this one. Herb, I think you're going to take the, the lead here. That's it. Yeah. 300. I do, do remember. It was great. Great call by uh, Hulk Harrelson. Yep. April 13th, 2009. JD was first hit 300, and then Paul Konerko followed it up with number 300. All right, Herb, you want one or two? Two. Hi. Hello. The Chicago White Sox, and this, of course, you picked this one. Hi. The Chicago White Sox have the second most no hitters thrown in MLB history with 20. In 2012, my no hitter slash perfect game tied the Red Sox White Sox at 18 no hitters, and my no hitter in 2020 led the White Sox to surpassing the Red Sox for second place in no hitters. Who are the two players? 2012, you said? 2012 and 2020. That, that, that made it, the 2012 one tied the White Sox and Red Sox at 18. The 2021 surpassed the Sox with second. The Dodgers have the most all time with 26. 2012, I gotta say, was April 21st, I believe, 2012. It's just Phil- showing off. Philip Umber. <laughs> Correct. Where'd he pitch it? 
in, in uh, U.S. Cellular Field, of course, <laughs> um, at the Safeco Field. Um, and Nervous? then the 2021 was, of course, Lucas Giolito versus the Pittsburgh Pirate. There we go. At actual U.S. Cellular Field. Yeah, seven to five. Herb has oh, the no lead. in guaranteed right field. Rest, oh, yeah. <laughs> rest in peace, Ed Farmer. I could actually point to this guy and say, "Rest in peace, Ed Farmer." Sky I've been point. killing people who haven't been dead. This guy point John Fogarty. I, think I killed you this week when you were in a. Did you really? Flight. Yeah, yeah wow. because yeah. I was like, "Vinny's going to be rolling in his grade because I was staying in a room that had records on the back that had nothing on it." It's like <laughs> he also said, uh, "I'm I'm here in the Motor City," I did. Uh, which was my favorite okay. part. Uh, which, he, right. Herb thought he was in Detroit for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vinny, this is the last question. You can't tie it, unfortunately. It's over. So um, we're just just we're put just, a bunch just, of points on. Well, it. Gotcha. and see put what it is. All right. Well, let's just put all the points on it. All right. Well, well, this is for the tie. Double or nothing in this one. How about this? This is for the tie. And then the boss question. The first one on the the boss question wins trivia. The first ever edition of CHGO White Sox trivia presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. Hi. In 2008, I broke the team record for most grand slams in a season when I hit my fourth on September 29th in a game against Detroit. Who am I? 2008? Yeah. Remember the uh, the 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 category is history. That's a really good. Uh, that's a good hint. That's a really great. It's hint. Alexei, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yep. Damn it, damn it. It's <laughs> a really good. Alexei, <laughs> Alexei, yeah, Alexei uh, broke the. Uh, I, I gave. I shouldn't have gave it. A you hit yeah, on such you, an you, important you, one. yeah. That was too. Do you know who hit that last one off of? I do because I'm looking at his Wikipedia page okay, right now. Say, <laughs> say it. Wasn't it Freddie Garcia? No, it was Gary Glover, oh, the guy that you mentioned he, in the oh, Eric Chavez thing. earlier. That was the game, Freddie. Like. Got was de- dealing and killing the White Sox, and then he's like, "I'm sick," and went out. And then Gary Glover came in, or Glover, and <laughs> rock sang, and roll part and sang two, ring and roll, rock and roll part two, and gave up that grand slam. I don't remember Freddie Garcia being a tiger. He was a tiger. Oh, yeah, that was that last. Really? Yeah. yeah, he was dealing versus the White Sox, and then you know, got sick or the flu, and had to leave the game Damn. in the middle of the game. And then the White Sox came back and won that game. Yeah, he set a, a rookie record with his fourth Grand Slam of the season. Obviously, that led to uh, the, the White Sox getting to uh, Game One Sixty Three. But uh, it said uh, Armando Galarraga started that 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 one. Ooh. I thought it was Freddie. Check Let me it again. try to. I'm trying to find the bomb. Try got, it again. I got the game <laughs> recap. Uh, oh yeah, Freddie Garcia. Five innings pitched, two hits, two earned runs, three out, walks, three Ks. Out there, Dwight Freddie. Thank you, and Kerry. <laughs> And give it, give me one for Gary Glover too. Bonus point, and Gary Glitter too. Yeah, no, 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 he does not deserve that. No, but we're tied now, going into the final boss here. We got eight minutes left, so I don't know what we're gonna do once we get this final boss. But this one, I feel like, is a little bit too much written towards Vinny. But the first one to answer after I name this, you don't have to give me the number. You just have to give me the gist of one of these. Name one of the grinder rules. Win or die trying. Damn it. Ting. Vinny wins. <laughs> the comeback happens. And I lose all of my money on points bet because I believed in Herb. Uh, that wasn't too hard, trying. right? No, it was really uh. easy. Slam dunks right there. How, how much harder could I could I have gone? Could I have gone Ben Davis? Who is the, the pitcher included or who is the catcher included in the Freddie Davis Well, we case? just looked that up. Yeah. <laughs> You guys were able to get that one though, so yeah. Wow, what a comeback! I was. Congratulations. How do you feel? Thank you. I feel. I feel rejuvenated. 
should we interview Vinny like this is a post game like you know <laughs> win like, like what, what was the feeling out there uh, going out and, and getting the win coming back from behind against you were you were a fair, you were uh, underdog big time in that yeah. one the thing is that when you said grinder rules I did, I want I was my first reaction was don't say win or die try and that's too easy I should have come <laughs> up with a different one Does it, can you name another I'm one? about to say is there another one that's the only one I know no there's there's a lot well of we them. just looked at a couple the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, Vinny, Vinny archived them. Uh, thankfully, uh, MLB.com <laughs> has gotten rid of the grinder rules, uh, but Vinny has archived them on NBC Sports. Some Chicago. of them were just hilarious. Uh, Some of them aged poorly, yeah. too. Grinder rule number one, win or die trying. Yeah. Grinder rule number five, every pitch is a full count. Every inning, the ninth. Every game, seventh. Don't tell your mean that because he'll swing it. Uh, okay. Uh, grinder rule number seven, grinder ball requires speed, defense, and discipline and immigration. Yeah. Yeah. What? Because <laughs> like on the poster, it was what like it was f- yeah, like on the poster, it's like a Gucci and your eBay and you know. Jesus, yeah, right. you caught me off guard there. What yeah. the hell is going on? The 2005 White Sox won the World Series with a multicultural crew. Orlando Hernandez is from Cuba. Freddie Garcia is from Venezuela. Tadahito Gucci is from Japan. Juan Uribe is from the Dominican Republic. There you so go. that was hey, we didn't write these. The White Sox did. <laughs> Grinder rule number seventeen: Never be satisfied with what you have achieved. It pales in comparison to what you can achieve. There have to be funnier ones than these i'm just going through all of them okay i mean yeah does this apply to the white Sox now i mean, I mean someone wrote a story obviously <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago saying that they did but yeah grinder rule 19 a reputation is not built on what you're going to do that stand uh, out for the the 2022 white Sox. it's not built on what you're going to do yeah a reputation like is not it. built on what you're okay. going to do. It. Okay. Yeah. So Tim Anderson saying, fuck it, we're the best team in the American League. Uh, that is not a grinder rule. That's, that right there, that's one of the grinder rules. There's Absolutely. no crying in baseball unless you get champagne in your eyes. Yep, which is that one's I remember Thank that you, one. Uh, when attending a Chicago White Sox game, don't blink. Yeah. Which. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. It's four Good hours luck. long, but yeah. And especially <laughs> when Liam Hendricks comes out, like the flashing lights. Like I mean, that, that, that gets me to blink. Remember, they didn't have the netting that we have now, so you can actually blink. Like, take some time, <laughs> read your phone. You're not going to get hit by the baseball this year. Play like there are no rules, like gravity, for instance, which you said is Adam Engel's favorite grinder rule. Ooh, Adam Engel's favorite grinder rule. Can you tell this was written in twenty in during the li- pandemic in 2020? <laughs> you can't spell win without a few Ks. W-I-N does not have a K. Never en- underestimate the power of power. Uh, which I guess the 2020 White Sox took advantage of. There's more to baseball than peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Respect the past. People are shoeless and anyone named Joe. What? Respect the past. People that are shoeless. People that are shoeless. Anyone named Joe. And anyone named Joe. Are you guys disrespecting Joe's? No, No, I I understand shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah, but also like shoeless Joe Jackson, uh, they disrespect him all the time. Uh, by not, not the, retiring his not number, he's think, one of the White Sox best player of all time. I think the White you Sox disrespect can. him as a franchise. I don't think the White Sox can. I think he's banned for life, which he's dead now, so he should be al- allowed to be celebrated. So res- respect the past. We won't say shoeless Joe Jackson. We'll just allude to shoeless, he, shoeless Joe Jackson. He's in the the whole uh, startup of the uh, the game where they do the old videos and such. Shoeless Joe's in there. This one's good for uh, Michael Kopech. There are no starting pitchers, only finishing pitchers. That's, That's wow, good that for is, Liam Hendricks is, is what it is. But yeah. Right there. <laughs> Never throw back a home run ball, even if it's for, from the other team. You guys you guys down with throwing back that's balls? That's a shot at the Cubs. Or is that, or is that, yeah, that's a shot at the Cubs yeah. also. That's just right. an MLB grind. I just think it's... Well, right. That's the thing that I always say is that people throw the ball back and that at Wrigley it doesn't get you kicked out, but at every other stadium it does get you kicked out. Yeah, right? it's like the Blackhawks doing the anthem. You yell at the anthem... Yeah, that's not against the rules. No, but I'm saying, but that's like a Blackhawk-specific thing. 
And Cubs throwing the ball back is a Cubs-specific thing. Do it at Comiskey or guaranteed rate, you should get booed. It's not your thing. It's not your tradition. It's a Cubs tradition. I think it's dumb. Give a ball to a kid. Do something else. And the, the, people, who, the people who throw the ball back, they know they're going to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. And Which so, is, like, why, not, are, you, it's not worth why it. are you getting kicked take out on purpose? Yeah, take the souvenir and enjoy yeah, the baseball game. People can be using those balls for, like, throwing at fielders and such. Like, it, that's it, that's yeah. why you're not allowed to throw. It's Ryan Rayburn was out there. Herb yeah. might be very very chucking a few home runs. I just said he had out there. When a Jason Kubel's uh, 21 like, games with a home run, he's, my, he's throwing it back at a Kubel. My thought always, remember when, when in, the, in the NFL, when they had the, the rule against premeditated celebration, yeah. mm-hmm. I always argued that the Lambeau Leap is a premeditated celebration. Right, so... Yeah, same thing at Wrigley. They're throwing the ball back. You're not supposed to do that. It could hurt somebody. Well, and to continue taking <laughs> Wrigley shots, grind rule number 66, there's nothing lovable about losing. That is just there as clear go. as day there you go. Uh, as it gets there. And the final one we'll talk about, grind rule number 92, interpretive dance at 101 miles per hour, which fits very well with the White Sox vibe of just throwing hard as shit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of flamethrowers in that bullpen. A lot of co- lot of Copac ap- applicable ones on that list. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. So uh, that was a trivia for the day. Vinny gets the first ever win in the CHGO White Sox trivia contest. Congratulations, Vinny Duber. Thank you. We had job. to ch- we had to break the rules in order to make it happen, but yes. I'll, I'll take it. Way to choke, dude. That grinder rule thing that killed me. Golly. Did you, did you have a favorite one? No. Oh, just <laughs> I, I, no, you I, hate I, them all? I, I, when I hear Grinder, I think about Darren Erstad. I know that wasn't necessarily oh, that year, but we Erstad. used to call him Grinderstad because everybody loved him because he was gritty. Ugh, I'm going to hit a single and play first base. If I could like absolve somebody for having injuries in their career, it might be Darren Erstad. I, I would love to see a healthy Darren Erstad. I think Darren Erstad should have been a punter in the NFL instead of a <laughs> first baseman. For the White Sox, right. he was a good punter. He was at oh, Nebraska, was Nebraska yeah. Cornhusker. Yeah, yeah, he's a Cornhusker. He punted. My bad. He's their coach. Is he still their coach? Yeah, I think yeah. he's their baseball coach. Yeah. yeah, really? Yeah. Shout out Darren Erstad. We'll we'll put him and remember some guys of our, our next version of trivia on CHGO White Sox podcast. Got to give a shout out to Vinny Duber at Vinny Duber on Twitter. Congratulations for winning your first ever uh, White Sox trivia here on CHGO White Sox podcast. Herb, congrats on choking. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. You had the lead. Don't at me, guys. Don't, Don't at me about this. <laughs> Don't at Herb. And by the way, Grinderstead, that's a Chris Collins thing, not the Northwestern coach, a guy who used to work at the score. The Chris guy. Collins, what's up? What does that say? Where? Uh, I was looking at the bottom. Love the logic? Yeah. Um, White Sox will win it all. Their last two titles came in 1917 and 2005. 17 plus five is 22. So I that's very well, right. conspiracy theory, right. tinfoil hat, me yesterday with Michael Conforto. 17 yeah. plus five equals 22. You're yeah. just looking for, that's, that's like signs uh, stuff. The movie? The movie? Signs? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter, <laughs> at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We were produced today by Stephen Nicholas. Uh, fantastic job uh, by Stephen Nicholas. Thank you for uh, everyone participating in the YouTube live chat. Stephen Nicholas, part of the uh, first two first names, guys. Oh, yeah. Good job. I'm Congrats. In. Herb Lawrence is a big fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. You can follow CHGO Sports at CHGO underscore Sports. Thank you to everybody participating in the live chat. And we will be back next Monday with another episode of the CHGO White Sox podcast.